We did 26 for season one. We already did one for season two. So this is okay. I got it. So welcome. Can to... we just like? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, can we just not have a cold open for this one? No, I mean cold open. We always do cold opens. I know, but like, is it cold enough for a cold open? I mean, it's December, so I guess it's probably snowing up there for you. It so like... snowed a bit. It hasn't snowed really? a lot just yet. Just a bit. Global warming is a real thing, man. Oh, that's true. I know. It's so hot here in Miami sometimes. I mean, it's always hot here. But in the sense that I remember being like like 11 and like uh, passing Halloween in a in a snowsuit. Like you're, you would have to pick your, your Halloween costume knowing that you would have to wear it over like a big coat and snow pants and like big winter boots and shit. I'm like so jealous because that's the exact opposite experience here. If you tried to put on anything like particularly large it would essentially become this hellscape of sweat <laughs> i remember being um ghost face one year okay and i just like all i wanted to do is take off that fucking mask because it was just sweat and sweat <laughs> and death i distinctly remember being either like 11 or 12 years old and going as a hockey player because I was a very pragmatic... Because you're a fucking Canadian stereotype. No, 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 no. Not because I'm a Canadian... Well, okay, I am a kind of a Canadian stereotype. But I'm also a ve- I was also a very pragmatic young man. Like, that is the most appropriate costume for you. So welcome to episode 28 of Stuck in the Middle with You, a podcast where two guys take a look at a critically divisive film and see on what side of the consensus they fall on. My name is Derek Gade, and with me, as always, is my friend, collaborator, and uh, otherwise dude who is also on this show, Juan Barkeen. Say hi, Juan. <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Uh, you may have noticed that Juan sounds a little bit more crisp this time around. A little bit? I sound a lot a bit more crisp. I sound probably fantastic and delicious and, I don't know, other words that require some kind of... um sexual connotation i don't know listen i'm fucking tired <laughs> <laughs> but i know i sound good and that's what counts well because uh mr barkeen uh dropped some some, some mad dosh on some uh some brand new hardware yeah brand new microphone and it sounds really good i'm hashtag living it up god damn it <laughs> uh, also to part the curtain a little further before we actually uh, start sending out these episodes to our to our to our listener base, uh, we're actually recording a bunch at once, and we're gonna like dole them out one at a time. So uh, right now, as we're recording this, we're right in December. But by the time this comes out, it will probably be 2017. So happy New Year! Happy New Year, everybody! I'm glad that it's uh. It's starting nice and fresh. We took a year-long break, and now we're back. And uh, it ended up being pretty close to a year, right? Yeah, it's it's basically been a full year. Um, and I guess we're happy to spend the hashtag holidays with all of you. <laughs> hashtag humble and blessed. God damn it, Juan. Um, hashtag I've... God damn it, Derek. Now, in case my esteemed co-host has not telegraphed it enough for you, or... You know, or the fact that we said it at the la- at the end of the last episode. Uh, what movie did we watch today, Juan? We watched Tara Subkoff's Hashtag Horror. That is correct. From 2015. A very, very, very recent movie. Yes. 
what a fucking mess that movie was one i can't uh, listen fucking okay, we, we need to discuss the film itself first and you uh, know like man. let's let's get down get down on it yeah we've got to start at the start as they say Let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Yeah, so, so Juan, enlighten Hashtag me. Hashtag sound of music. <laughs> there's, never, there's not a dead horse that you can't beat enough, right? <laughs> Isn't there, though? Isn't there? I mean, I, I feel like it can. And I feel like this movie lends itself very well to beating a dead horse. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But um, how, about, how about this for a trending topic, Mr. Barkeen? What oh the my f- god, I hate you. <laughs> I turn about his fair play. What the fuck is hashtag horror about? Oh my god, what isn't hashtag horror about? It's like... Well, it's certainly not it's... about World War One. I. I don't know. It might be about World War Two though. Uh... <laughs> isn't art about everything, Derek? Isn't art subjective and can't you see anything in it? Art's, subde- art's subjective, but art isn't everything. I don't know what anyway. you're talking about. Actually, I spend a lot of time at museums, and I see a lot of art. And <laughs> I was going—I don't know why—but I was going to say something very, very crude, which is very unlike me on this podcast. Do it. But I refrained myself. Do it. <laughs> say it. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> say it. Okay. All right. Yeah, the Museum of Dicks. Oh. I mean. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, see, that's why I didn't say it, because, you know. <laughs> you are absolutely not wrong. Um, there's okay, a, so... Hold on, really quick tangent. There's a dick museum out in Norway, right? There's, yes, there's a movie it's... about it. Yes, it's a documentary. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> congratulations on being aware of the Icelandic dick museum. So it is Iceland, it's not Norway. Okay. Is it? I think it's. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Let's is, let's get honest. into the plot. Sweet. Okay. So, uh, hashtag horror is a film about uh, six young girls who are kind of just generally awful to each other, and then uh, the movie kind of presents itself as a commentary on cyberbullying and how all of these girls are like kind of just uploading pictures and images of each other and like calling each other bitches and and much worse <laughs> yeah much much Holy much worse shit. and um content warning for damn near everything i was very surprised at what i heard in this movie honestly it's so it's so generally mean-spirited and then there's also like somebody killing people off as well like that's like there's really like, the connective tissue in this movie is so fucking thin uh and then once the reveal happens it's a fucking mess okay so so we like to talk about muddy politics here on the stuck in the middle with you podcast and this is going to be another edition of Derek shits on the politics of this movie because holy shit one ho <laughs> it's um it's a hashtag problematic movie well among <laughs> other things i mean <laughs> Let's put it this way. The gimmick of the film is that the girls are participating in what appears to be a combination of – it's like a Facebook game crossed with like Candy Crush crossed with crime? Okay, so no. I described it as like Instagram bejeweled. Uh- <laughs> I, guess, I think that's probably closer to the mark. 
Okay, so... The... <laughs> okay, th- right now, this movie sounds dumb. but It is. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> but yeah, uh, Instagram okay. Bejeweled, I think, is a slightly better way to to uh, to tackle it. But the idea it is... is... Okay. <laughs> so... I think I, that the pro- I think we're having a problem articulating this is because the movie doesn't articulate it either. The movie either. has no fucking clue what the it fuck this is supposed to be. It doesn't do anything with it. And okay, so this is obviously supposed to be like a hyper-exaggerated, like, cyberbullying site kind of thing. Yeah. And essentially what these kids do is they post, like, random pictures of themselves, be they, like, good pictures or bad pictures, and, like they'll hashtag them and like trash each other or like they'll be like oh my god gorgeous or like oh like this like fat slut kill yourself (laughs) like it's really fucked up and it's like so every time they do that like the screen so this the film cuts from like these normally like shot sequences of like the girls doing stuff to just these moments where like a bejeweled screen pops up on the fucking like (laughs) on the entire screen and then the picture is in the middle it's almost like framing it and then it'll like pop up with this like really poor font bloody text that's like hashtag killed it or like (laughs) i don't know there were so many awful hashtags well those aren't hashtag they're they're actually more like um like, okay, well, you know how you play Candy Crush and sometimes you hit a combo and it says juicy or some shit? Yes, and like, okay, when you're playing Mortal Kombat and it does fatality, it's literally that. Finish it's it. literally fatality. <laughs> I mean, okay, this, uh, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> this is not the problem. The problem is that the movie doesn't really expound upon this. It's just kind of there. And it sets that up right, right at the beginning with an intro sequence that I described to Juan off mic as a combination of uh, Enter the Void and Detention, if you can imagine such a thing. Exactly. And it also, I mean, uh, I brought it up to him earlier, which I, it reminds me a lot, not a lot, but a little bit about uh, Gregor Rocky's level of like sheer ridiculousness and abrasiveness. Um, It's just... It's. I mean, it's not good, but it's. It reminded me of him a little bit, and uh, I mean, we'll talk about all the other people. It reminds. Well, the film itself reminds me of, but that the sequence, the the sequence in question is like. Imagine everything I just described times like a thousand for the opening credits, and it's just like, it's an assault. If you're over the age of like twenty, you can't read the credits because they're cycling too fast. They're oh too my loud. God, you can't. They're too, I mean, it's the same thing as detention, except detention, I feel, was used, because detention was a comedy, right? <laughs> this movie is not a comedy. Well, This movie is not funny. Do you think it tries to be a comedy at times? No. I think this movie, it's weird because I feel like this movie is very self-serious about, this is an important movie about cyberbullying. And but just, see, I don't. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I think it does, obviously. I think it is a little too self-serious, but I think at times it's too... And I don't... This is going to sound mean, but I think it's too vapid to be as funny as it thinks it's being. Yeah, I've heard... I've seen comparisons with... Actually, this is another thing that we were talking about off mic. uh, With uh, comparisons with The Bling Ring, the Sofia Coppola film. 
Yes. Which I am on the record as not really liking. You're awful. It's fine. <laughs> and what I like about that is that you had to force yourself to tell me that I was awful for that. It wasn't going I mean, to come out otherwise. I mean, wasn't it, though? <laughs> it, it wasn't. Anyway, like, I understand that you have a fucking brand to maintain. I mean, no, <laughs> We're trying I'm to sorry. have a serious it's just discussion. Like, you know how I feel about Sofia Coppola. She's kind of like my favorite auteur, so. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta stay on brand. There's comparisons to be made with the Bling Ring. And I think no, there are. And I think you're probably in a better position to sort of lay those out. But what I will say is that the best thing that hashtag horror did is that it made me realize, fuck, maybe I was a little too hard on the Bling Ring when I first saw it. At its best, I think, and I hate saying best for hashtag horror because it never really gets to be its best anything. It has its moments, but we'll get to that. Yeah, there are these these individual moments where like, okay, so there's a, a portion of the plot involves the girls finally getting off their phones after they're done attacking each other with like horrible amounts of vitriol um and they leave all of their cell phones in a safe and in these like maybe 10 minutes of time where they're without their phones and they're just hanging out and being like genuine teen girls it very much does feel like Tara Subkoff is bringing a little bit of like that uh, Sofia Coppola energy into this movie because the girls do feel like they're like real human beings with real feelings and then it just kind of keeps devolving into this unrealistic portrayal of teen girls because it's supposed to all be about like cyberbullying and how like teen girls are their own worst enemy Almost, and it's very, very frustrating to see that when you look at something like Bling Ring. Yes, the kids in Bling Ring are, like, a little bit catty to each other, but, like, ultimately, they're all pretty, like, they're friends. You know, like, they're shitty friends, but they're friends. And they're not, there is a dynamic to the way that Sofia Coppola showcases her relationships in her movies. And that is one of the things that has always drawn me to her, is that everyone that she writes feels like a real human being she has never tried i mean like yeah there's little like jokes and silly things like in bling ring you have like the girl who's obsessed with paris hilton and obsessed with all these celebrities and like they seem almost unreal but in part yes you know they're real human beings because it's based on a real story but at the same time like she never tries to go too over the top and this whole fucking movie is so over the top and not in a good way. Yeah, well, the problem is not that it's over the top. But here's my piece about comparisons between uh, Hashtag Horror and The Bling Ring. The Bling Ring was successful in, I mean, not not for me, but I can put myself in a place where I can imagine that the movie was successful at making what the kids in The Bling Ring were doing alluring. Yes, is a feat of direction or a better script or better actors, which I think is the case. There is absolutely nothing enticing about what goes on in hashtag horror. There's nothing that seems to invite people into the cycle, into the cycle of cyber abuse or the cycle of toxic friendships. It's just everyone's a fucking piece of shit. Yes. Everyone's a piece of shit right from the word go. They really are. It's a 101 move, but at least the bling ring had 
the person who got who was sort of ushered into the group. Now this movie has that same person, but they're both assholes already. Okay, so wait, I'm I'm curious. Who would you consider that person? Would it be Sam? So yes, Sam would be the audience surrogate in this case. So my question, well, not not really a question. My comment, I guess, would be, I mean, Sam just is not. Okay, so okay, all right, I I know what you, I, I get the idea. She's yeah. not an asshole per se, but right from the jump, she wants absolutely nothing to do with this. Yeah. Like no, so, but no, no. I'm sorry. Sam is an asshole. Every character well, in this movie okay. is an asshole. Sam is an asshole, but from the jump, she wants nothing to do with this. Yes, this is like she's way in over her head, and <laughs> and everyone else is just kind of a prick. So it basically diffuses the allure. It doesn't seem like these girls are insulting each other for some kind of like power play. No, they just insult each other because. No, they just insult each other because they're awful people. Like, there is literally no real dynamic. Like, if you told me it was like Mean Girls, where it was to get that power play, if you told me it was just to, like, you know, like you're in a bad fucking mood with somebody and you're like, fuck you, I would get that. But this movie is just cattiness for the sake of cattiness and hitting... Like, just beating the fucking dead horse. That's it. Like, it's it's just like, we get it. We get it. We get it. And this whole movie is so heavy-handed. I really don't like this. Uh, <laughs> the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, God, no. That was not, not a great movie. Um, The movie presents a kind of weird chicken and egg situation where, are these kids assholes because their parents are fucking assholes? Or are these kids assholes because of the internet? Okay, so... So, okay, to to discuss the parents for a moment, because I do think that's an important feature. The only good human being in this entire movie is one of the parents, because we barely get a glimpse at her, but it's uh, Natasha Leone's character, who is the mother of Sam. That's correct. She's in the movie for like five minutes at the beginning. Not even that long, but she is literally the only halfway decent person in this movie. This is true. She is a... What, she's a single mother, and she just kind of doesn't like she treats her daughter pretty fucking decently she like worried about her it's like she's a good parent <laughs> like, <laughs> and then she disappears for the rest of the movie because like good people don't exist in this universe yeah good people tend to complicate things and this movie does not deal in complexities or <laughs> nuance or good things <laughs> not at all not even in the slightest bit and it's so <laughs> it's so frustrating because then you look at the other parents and chloe seveny plays one of the parents chloe in this Seveny, movie, yes and she is the owner of like the household which in which everything takes place which is full of like art by um what's his fucking name i don't even remember his name anymore uh urs fisher Right, that would be the director's husband. Yes. Um, he's like a Swiss artist. He's... Hoity-toity modern art type. Basically. Uh, which we'll get into modern art in a hot minute. Because <laughs> uh. that is very important to this movie. Go figure, right? I know, right? Shocking. Um, but there's, like, one of the first lines she says is something like, I'm not perfect, but I'm as perfect as you're going to get. And, like... <laughs> And she says this to uh, what the her husband, who was played by Balthazar Getty of all people. Yeah, I know, I know. 
I kind of love this. This cast, movie is though. cast super weird. Yes, exactly. It is honestly such a. It's so bizarre. It is. It's the most bizarre cast. Um, it's Balthazar Getty, Chloe Sevigny, and the other relevant parent is played by Timothy Fucking Hutton. Which, like Timothy Hutton in this movie, is imagine just like. He's in the Dennis Hopper role, basically. Yes, he's like Dennis Hopper and Ray Weiss happened to like be meshed together into one figure, and it became him. <laughs> yeah, like, dude fucking calls kids horrible things, wields knives at them. Yeah, like, if you thought uh, the kids were bad, the fucking father is The adults like, are... Just as bad. Or, or not, are a lot worse. I don't know. Are they a lot worse? I don't know. Okay, so... I don't know, man. If you wield a knife and call a 12-year-old a bitch, that's not great. <laughs> it really is. That's that's not great, man. You know, it's fair. It's fair. Uh, it's... <laughs> so, oh, this movie, dude. Okay, this so... This movie was a slog. Yes, it is. And, like, part of me throughout was thinking, like, oh, this is just going to be a slow burn, you know, like... I know there's, like, a lot of shit happening at once and, like, everyone's just being a general asshole. But, like... Honestly, more or less nothing happens in this movie up until it becomes a slasher in the last, like, 15 minutes. And it's not even a particularly good slasher. It's just a kind it's of... It's a slasher in the first 10 and the last 10 minutes. And the other, like, hour 20 minutes is 12-year-olds being fucking... Awful. Just zinging each other with... Just just roasting each other with the worst imaginable things. And here's the thing. not Not is it enough that they're assholes... For the behavior, the movie clearly makes them out to be assholes for doing regular teen girl shit like being on their phones or, you know, uh, trying on clothes. There's nothing good in this. I mean, you're it's a classic damned if you do, damned if you don't move. Yes. And, like, it's strange because there are nuggets of, like, potential here. And it's very weird to me that, you know, like uh, like I was saying earlier, once they're disconnected, they actually become like real preteens with real issues and real like sadness. But the movie betrays that as well, because even when they don't have their cell phones, they inevitably become awful to each other. And it becomes this like sick, twisted game in like presumably Sarah, the Tara Subkoff's mind of like every single thing that she tries pointing out as a potential reason why these kids are like this is immediately undermined. Yes, yes, yes. It's so, so frustrating. A big plot point is uh, mental illness. <laughs> oh, Christ. Okay, so... <laughs> I'll let you take care of this. So, Timothy Hutton's daughter, uh, who is... Uh, what is the character's name? Catherine, I believe. Cat. Yes, Cat. Is... Just like right off the bat, just every single bad psycho psycho child uh, trope rolled into one. At one point, she just fucking fucking lays into one like one into one of the girls like some fucking some, some nasty shit, some nasty shit you don't expect coming out of a child's <laughs> mouth. And and I'm not just saying oh she says the word fuck. She says some shit that I'm not going to repeat. Did anyone that say the what c word says. in this movie? I'm so. Sur- I don't think so. Okay. I'm actually surprised that they did. I know. But no, they, For a they, gra- they they graduated to the major leagues of bad language at an early age, I can tell. Clearly. But um and yeah, just lacing into this kid 
and then uh, the Chloe Chevigny's daughter kicks her unceremoniously out of the house. You've taken it too far. And the other one calls her a hypocrite, which is true, but it's kind of like, you know, and you know what? This whole movie takes place in a fucking glass house. Yes. Fuck, I just realized it. Oh, my yep. God, I hate this movie so much. Yep. <laughs> oh, it takes place in it, a Juan. glass house with bad art, and there's a literal bedazzled... Uh... <laughs> Oh, a literal bedazzled Chekhov's gun. That's true. <laughs> I can't even fucking say it because it's so stupid. <laughs> a vajazzled fucking a va- a vajazzled phallic. A vajazzled is a, is a, did you just say vajazzled? Yeah, it's a vajazzled phallic symbol. <laughs> a literal jewel encrusted gun. Oh my god! I, this movie was more heavy handed oh. than I had previously even imagined. I think I'm oh, having man. more fun hearing you say vajazzled than I did watching this movie. <laughs> But no, I mean it has a literal Chekhov's gun, and no, and and let's let's go back to the mental illness thing. Yes, okay. Because so... my, the point I'm trying to make is that she's lacing into this other kid, and then she gets kicked out, and then immediately she like breaks down and cries, and then it's revealed that she's like on medication, has a history of mental mental illness, and congratulations, you just fucked up. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, like. And what frustrates me is, again, as we were speaking about, like, this movie having nuggets of potential, I do think that it actually, like, at one point tries to address the fact that, like, some of these, like, not some, all of these kids are, like, dealing with some kind of minor mental illness. And, like, you know, some of them do go to therapy. And I think it also has, if this was a good movie, it could get into, like, a critique about how these parents are sending their kids to therapy without knowing what's wrong with them or without them actually having anything wrong with them and how this becomes sort of like an easy out for the people to be parents themselves because they're too self-involved in the art world. And I do actually think the movie tries to be like passively self-critical because there's this one really good line that Chloe Sevigny has and I can't remember what it is. But she's literally, like, just shitting on the art world. And I'm like, yes, like, that's, like, yes, that's what this movie should be. But it's not. It's fucking a mess. I mean, and I've said this on a previous episode, I forget which one, is that self-awareness does not give you a free pass. No, it does not. It does not. No, it does not at all. It is real quick to pass the buck. Yes, it is. It is real quick to pass the buck. To, To point fingers. And but it points fingers without having a strong case for pointing any of those fingers. Yeah, I mean, and also just like just thematic shit like I would really sincerely rather be watching gamers depiction of how gamification and online enabled navel gazing affects people and their re- and their relationships and how they engage with the world. And this movie did that worse than gamer. <laughs> yeah, because instead we get like Instagram bejeweled deep web murder. <laughs> Which makes absolutely no fucking sense. At all. At all. It genuinely makes no fucking sense. Like, if you want your, 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 the, the crux of your satire, if the crux of your satire doesn't make any fucking sense, I mean, you're, you're shit out of luck. Let, let me, let me, let me recycle an old nugget. Mm-hmm. The screenplay is ass. It's yes. real ass. It is. It's real bad. But okay, so bad. that said about the but, screenplay. But, I'd... but, 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 but. Okay. Are we going to talk about how this movie looks? Okay, yes, I was about to jump into the aesthetic. Okay, awesome. so occasionally 
I think this movie has some brilliant fucking filmmaking that is undermined by like awful puerile filmmaking. <laughs> yeah, this movie kind of swings between the swings between the extremes. So yeah, this movie is like it's genuinely beautiful at times. There's a couple of shots that I really love of the girls within the glass house. There's this one sequence that's just this base like the house more or less becomes this giant glass cube and there's this girl just like bleeding to fucking death inside of it and she like she's like slamming against the wall or one of the glass panes and it's just like it's so fucking beautifully shot and then like the opening is like a minute and a half long take i would have really loved the scene with the bleeding hands on the glass door if it weren't so erratic yes <laughs> the editing in this movie is it's not one great of its biggest issues <laughs> i like how i was about to say it's its biggest issue but no one of its biggest issues i've got three uh categories of uh, sequences that i feel the movie works really well in okay one when it looks like a music video <laughs> yes agreed when it has the literal like dance sequence in the mask. The dance sequence is the best part of the movie. The impromptu dance sequence was magnificent. I loved it. I genuinely loved that scene in the movie because it felt, it was a music video. That's it. Like, it's all it needed to be. Two, uh, when it looked like a museum installation because uh, the director has a uh, history in modern art, fashion, so when her old jobs bleed into the new one, it sings. It works. It does. And three is when it looks like a fashion show. Uh, the adults are very well dressed in this film. Yes, they are, and it's. I mean, Chloe. Chloe always looks good in everything she does. Frankly, I uh, mean, it helps that Chloe Sevigny was a literal model before. Yes, so it kind of does, you know. Uh, she's also just such a good actress, but so pe- like so few people know how to use her well. Yeah, I feel like like Chloe Sevigny is a great actress, very intense actress, and I feel like in something like this and in a lot of things I've seen her in, she's fundamentally miscast. Like I just saw Love and Friendship. I don't think Chloe Sevigny was bad. I just think oh, she no. was. Oh no, we're gonna have a fight about this, like right the fuck now. I think she was just miscast. No, I think she was excellent in Love and Friendship. Actually, like. I don't know. Well, I thought she was I, perfect. I, she was I, exactly I what agree. she needed to be in that movie. I but we're not going to talk about that. her. <laughs> Can we talk about Tom Bennett for like two seconds? Yeah, sure. Why not? That dude was fucking hilarious. Tom Bennett is like supporting actor of the year for me. Supporting right actor, now. right? Yeah. Him and Ray Fiennes are like my two favorite supporting actor performances of 2016. Ah, uh, man. We have to go through the list to find another one, but Tom Bennett was like strikingly funny. Ray fucking Fiennes and a bigger splash, dude. You got to get on it. Uh, there's so many movies to watch. I know. Oh, Lord. <laughs> the, the, end of your, the end of your charge for, uh, for, for list season is crazy. Yup. It's a struggle. But anyway. Um... So it, this movie made me realize that I like my horror films like slow and druggy. Yes. Which is why, and as opposed to like really nervy and cutty. I mean, no pun intended. <laughs> no, I've realized that with like a lot of movies, not just this one. I feel like there's something about deliberate pacing that I've become such a fucking fan of, especially when it's executed over a short period of time. But like some people just know how to make it happen. And it's not that I don't like movies that like cut heavily because like, Obviously, I'm a fan of Baz Luhrmann, and that's like, you know, editing all over the fucking place. More but... like Botch Luhrmann. Fuck oh. you. <laughs> I love. I Baz have Lerman. seen one. 
Actually, that's not true. I've seen two Baz Luhrmann movies. I've seen every single one of them, including his Netflix series. But anyway, uh, speaking of TV series and Whit Stillman... Uh... <laughs> We're gonna talk about Whit Stillman. We're talking I know, about, but we uh, talked about Whit Stillman when we mentioned hashtag horror. I know. Oh, that's right. Like, she was in um, the, the Cosmopolitans. The she was also in um, Last Days of Disco. Yes, she was. Chloe's in a lot of things. Uh, Chloe's magnificent. Anyway, this. Movie I meant. Is... I meant. I meant. Uh, Tara Subkoff was in Last Days of Disco. Oh, that's right. She was. You're right. You're absolutely right. Tara Subkoff was an actress as well. You know. Which is kind of fucked up because she couldn't direct her fucking actors. Uh, okay, so I don't know how fair that is because I think the adults are fine. I just the adults are the adults are pretty good. I don't. I'm losing crazy about the kids' performances. It's I think just, that might that's have to the do problem. More... All of the kids are so one fucking note. Every like they're all over the place. They're all just they're all just assholes. I hate like I hate I hate the kids so much. And I think if you're gonna make a movie about shitty people, you still have to have like. You still have to make the shitty people vaguely interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's absolutely nothing interesting about these people. They're all they're all ciphers for the devil himself. Yep, basically. Except so, for Natasha Leon. Yeah, except for Natasha Leon. Like she's she's perfect. I love her. God bless her soul. I do want to. I also want to point out that there was a lot of shit that wasn't paid off, like the 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 beating egg over the face of Marilyn Monroe. I think it was. Yes. And the sort of shifty-eyed everything, like every painting or sculpture in the house had like shifty eyes. Yeah, and that the didn't art get paid literally either. like breathes in this movie, and it's. <laughs> and I think here's the thing that I just realized. I think it's only whenever Sam's around. I might I have to go so. back and check this out. So there's another thread that might have been worthy of development, but I mean the thing is like. In early on in the movie, her mother is like discussing her anxiety with her, and I'm like, okay, well, like. This is something that will probably be important, but it isn't because nothing in this movie is important. And how about that ending montage? Uh, uh. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. This is nothing more than an internet scare film made by someone in their 40s who probably has a kid with a phone. Probably. Uh, actually, I think uh, I remember reading in the IMDb trivia um that she so this is 100 percent true which is very no it it might be you never know you you know like the internet says a lot of things sometimes it's true sometimes it's not in this case it would not surprise me the internet tells you to kill your friends i know in this honestly in this case it would not surprise me if it was true but uh she said that she conceived the film when she asked a friend's daughter what her idea of horror was and the daughter's answer was cyberbullying I mean, (laughs) cyberbullying is shitty. It's a bad thing. There is very little cyberbullying in this film. There's just straight-up bullying in this movie. There's just kids shitting on each other constantly. The cyberbullying is like, again, weird deep web Instagram bejeweled. And also, like, a couple texts. Yeah. That's about it. If they would have kind of expounded on this sort of deep web... Uh, sort of demon lover nerve unfriended aspect of it it probably would have had like more legs yeah but this is a really turgid movie man pretty much pretty much i can't believe you made me watch this horse shit i'm sorry i thought it'd be better but um i guess eh. you could say we had a rotten egg on our hands oh lord because there's an egg painting <laughs> 
I do want to see Tara Supkoff's next project because given her like her work experience and what she's familiar with and how she handles like literal physical spaces and how she juggles not like uh the 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 blingy uh frames with the eye gougingly bright emojis and shit mm-hmm. but like just there seems to have been like a variety of formats and fidelities that she was using during making this film and I'm I'm not sure if it was shot on more than one kind of camera. I'm not either, but I I, I get feels, exactly what you're saying though. It feels like she has a facility with taking a bunch of different looking, feeling formats and putting them together like as a whole to tell a story. I think if she had a better I don't know, like if she had a a better a lot of things. A better script. Yeah. A better script. Not and just a don't better cast script. Kids. I think like more focus, honestly. It's just this it's, does feel like it was like three movies cobbled into one. Occasionally they blend so well together like you were saying, but then sometimes it's just a fucking mess. And I do I hate saying like I wish she was more like Joseph Kahn in this case, but I do. I mean, if she would have had some detention like material with older actors and a bit more a bit more focus and a goddamn sense of humor. I mean, not that everything has to have jokes in it, but but this movie desperately needed more of a sense of humor if it was going to attempt to be a satire. This movie needed an air valve. Yes. Because it wasn't like the atmosphere of the film was I wasn't afraid of the killer. I was afraid of the girls. Like I was afraid of what the fuck they were going to say to each other. Yes. Like at one point I'm like this this is going to end with like a fucking like a no holds barred fucking death match. We are going to have just a uh, like knock down, balls out, just fight. Okay, but like real talk, would that not have been better? I think it would have been better. Yeah. That would have been the air valve. That would have been just the explosion. Yeah. And as it were, I mean, we get a we get a couple of mediocre kills and a muddled uh, a muddled socio political message. So, uh, so that's what I think about this movie. <laughs> so you clearly give it a hashtag rotten. I give it a. Hashtag rotten tomato emoji. Yes. I'm, I'm glad. I feel like our entire description for this movie needs to be done in emojis. Uh, <laughs> thumbs down, thumbs down, thumbs down. Shit emoji. Girl face emoji. Knife emoji. Scissor emoji. Cell phone, cell phone, cell phone emoji. Uh, um, I don't know. How do you connote? Gun. How do you connote? I would like to see your next project in emoji. I don't know. I didn't like this one, but I want to see the next one. Uh, you could do the girl who's shrugging, and then uh, a movie camera or a film strip. <laughs> How about um, there's um, I believe there is an emoji for here, like for for an information map. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the no emoji. Uh, then I would do the uh, camera emoji, the next emoji, and then the shrug emoji. I can dig it. Maybe the second one. That's very detailed. I don't fuck around, man. I know. I see that. I'm like, I'm kind of impressed. I feel like this movie really taught you a valuable lesson about the use of emoji. <laughs> uh, yep, use them to kill my friends. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can fairly rate this so rotten. <laughs> yeah, I mean, use emojis to uh, murder everyone by bejeweled. Destroy my friends emotionally. Uh, make them so they never feel trust ever again with anyone else. And yeah, I'll just kill people. Okay, That's what this movie Derek, taught me to do. You don't 
you don't need emojis to make me feel <laughs> awful about myself. <laughs> I can't even like meanly insult you like like these girls do. Like <laughs> it, it's it's pretty like okay. Full disclosure: I've never been a teen girl. Juan, have you ever been a teen girl? I have not been a teen girl. I've been around many teen girls. I mean, okay, how about this? Like, we've both been teenagers, right? Yes. We both we both have known teenage girls, right? Yes. Have, do, do fucking kids raz each other like that? No. Kids are not this awful. Or at least I don't... I mean, like, even... I don't know. Like, I've never seen children destroy... And, like, children who are supposed to be friends. Yeah, I mean, if there's the asshole who just insults everyone and just picks fights with everyone and calls everyone God knows what, then yeah, but... Like, if you're in an, in an ostensible circle of friends, like, I didn't talk to my fucking friends like that. Nobody does. Did you? No, of course not. Fuck. Here's the thing. And I'm being 100% super sincere. Be nice to your fucking friends. Yeah. I mean, it's literally the least you can do is be nice to your fucking friends. Don't be a garbage person. <laughs> like, Don't be a garbage person. You probably know, like, if you're friends, if you've been friends for a while... You probably know the giant quotation marks weak points or sore spots yes. that your friends have. Don't do anything with them. Be nice to your fucking friends. Be nice to your friends. That's a lesson that we want to give everyone as a takeaway <laughs> from this movie. We try to give a positive message here on the Stuck in the Middle with You podcast, even if we spend the last like 40 minutes just trashing this movie. <laughs> Yeah, but we did, I mean, we did end on a positive note about, like, wanting to see the next film by this filmmaker and also, yeah, I do. you know, telling kids not to treat each other like shit. I think that's a good lesson. <laughs> yeah. I do want to point out that generally when we do these podcasts, we don't say, like, oh, like, and this is definitely going to be taken out of context. Oh, Tara Sopkoff is an asshole and shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore. It's like, no, I mean, I didn't like this movie. Maybe the next one will be, like, no I mean, more. there are some people who shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore, but I'm not going to name names. Uh, Tara Subkoff, I don't think is one of them. I think I would. I'm like super excited to see what she does next. I was actually very excited for this movie. It let me down, but like, I was hopeful. Yeah, we want to be the uh, we uh, we want we try to be posy here on the Stuck in the Middle with yeah. podcast. All right, so let's move on to the recommendations, so like that we can get to sleep because it's a it's a late night here at the at the Stuck in the Middle with You houses. Yeah, it's uh, two thirty a.m. right now in the Eastern Time Zone, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of tired. So let's get let's get to doing this. So since this was your pick, uh, I'm going to give my recommendation first. Go for I'm it. going to go with a um, with another horror film from 2015 that I very much liked, and uh, a movie that does uh, very great things with mise en scène, uh, great child performances, and it also features Catherine Hahn doing The Running Man. I God speak, bless. of course. I speak, of course, of M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Yes. Uh, it's, it's real good. I mean, M. Night's one of those directors like Michael Bay that people have to bag on and don't really think about. Dude's made some pretty good movies, and this is one of them. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree. I love that movie. And it's really creepy, and it's almost like the platonic version of this movie, especially because technology is a central is a central point yes. in this film because it's found footage and the kids are being creative with it yes and the entire movie is the kids making the movie going to their grandparents place documenting it and it's this nice sort of balm 
to like it's kids using technology positively versus kids using technology and being fucking monsters from hell for it. It's also just a really interesting like if you take into account the way it like discusses artifice and performance and how we change who we are to play for the camera and it's uh, something Michelle... that this movie tries to do but doesn't really succeed yeah, in absolutely doing absolutely not michelle uh, arf actually wrote a fantastic piece on the visit on dimthehouselights.com which you should Yay. all go check out and read yep. wink wink <laughs> i mean we have our plugs to do later don't worry i about know it. but i don't care i want to plug that right now <laughs> so what movie do you want to recommend uh, as your I'm... plug I'm also going to recommend a horror movie. It was actually from this year, not last year. Uh, but it stars uh, Natasha Lyonne. And it is... Um, this is a weird fucking... Actually, it stars both Natasha and Chloe. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit, that's right. Yeah. Oh, this is a weird one, man. This is a this is a weird one. This is an incredibly weird movie uh, that I actually saw during a film festival here and most of the audience ended up loathing it oh well, la di da man it does not surprise me in the fucking slightest uh, la di da motherfucker going to film festivals watching weird ass horror movies we know we we know what life you lead yeah i know sorry you gonna show up a little bit <laughs> um fuck but so it's all about this it's it's called anti-birth it's by uh danny perez who did the Animal Collective film Odd Sack. Odd Sack. And um, so, I mean, clearly, if you know who Anko is and you know what Odd Sack is, you know that this is going to be a very strange movie. A wild ride, to say the least. Yes, and it is basically about, like, uh, this one woman named Lou who's just, like, this stoner who is basically at the end of her fucking rope. She has, like more or less nothing left to live for she's just kind of an awful person and like the movie has no qualms about that whatsoever and like it shows her as like a shitty human being and it's just all about the shitty human being going through like weird symptoms of pregnancy and other weird fucking visions and almost like an alien invasion but not really but it's 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 trippy and i hate using that word but it really is and it's like it does so much with not that huge of a budget and i don't know it's a really weird fucking movie and i love it meg tilly is also in it and i love her too so it's a really weird entertaining movie and you should all watch it if you like movies about fucked up people like i do so would you say one that this movie uh, succeeds where hashtag horror failed in making asshole protagonists relatable and interesting. Well, I don't know if that's fair to say because just because I like an asshole character and I relate to them and I feel bad for them because I am also a sad person who always or often feels like their life is meaningless doesn't mean that other people like the audience that I saw it with thinks that <laughs> i'm asking your opinion do you well, think yes, that this movie succeeds is, it definitely does succeed right on hooray okay. thematic connections <laughs> yeah this is a pretty i don't know if this episode is going to be tight but it definitely uh, it definitely has a lot of links in uh, within itself absolutely i'm very proud of us today so juan 
Yeah. We are, we are uh, right as we were recording this, we have just entered December. The holiday season is upon us. It is time for, for, for Christmas, for Hanukkah, for all kinds of uh, well-wishing and uh, goodwill towards your fellow humans and all that noise. So I figure that uh, in the spirit of the season, I would make you, I would present to you a gift in the form of our next film. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Hooray. What is our next film going to be? Uh, I, I, I know it features two actresses that you very much like, including one who's appeared on a different movie earlier in our run. Okay. And it also is directed by someone who has a relatively high-profile movie coming out, or that has come out this year. So, for the next episode of the Stuck in the Middle with You podcast, we will be covering Death Becomes Her... By Robert no Zemeckis. fucking way. Starring <laughs> Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and my man, Bruce Willis. Oh my god, I'm so happy. I had no idea that I'm 50% <laughs> and I'm almost bitter about it, but I love this fucking movie. <laughs> I have not seen this movie. It oh. looks real interesting. Oh, I'm so excited for you. I'm so, 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 so excited. So, Merry Christmas, one. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everybody, and a happy hashtag New Year. God damn it. <laughs> so, Juan and I run a website, it's Dem the House Lights. You can uh, find it at demthehouselights.com. Uh, all manner of, uh, of uh, movie reviews, essays, uh, all sorts of neat uh, movie-related shit, generally involving myself or Juan or one of our other writers, Michelle Arf, Chris Mello, or Ross Burks. Uh, also in the Dim the House Lights family, uh, we have um, Michelle and Ross's podcast, uh, Reloading the Canon. They just put out an episode on Martin Scorsese's After Hours. Like I haven't, I haven't listened to it yet, but I will. Uh, also, Ross is making a movie. Who'd have thought, right? Yeah, I know. It's exciting. Yeah, it's called uh, it's called Hollywood Boulevard. Not to be confused with the Joe Dante movie of the same name. Uh, you know, poke poke your nose around the internet. You'll find some some stuff. You could probably just Google Ross Burks, Hollywood Boulevard, and you'll find a ton of shit. Um, also, uh, one and myself are both on Twitter and Letterboxd. Uh, I am at both places at Derek underscore G. Uh, Juan's at both places at Whoa, It's Juanito. That's W-O-A-H, It's Juanito, all one word. I don't have any other gigs, but you can you can find Juan's writing at the Miami New Times. Um, oh, yeah, I guess you can always visit MontrealSchlockCity.com. That's where a bunch of my writing goes. That's Montreal Schlock City. S C H L O C K C I T Y dot com. Uh, am I missing anything? I think that's everything. I think that's everything. All right. Well, uh, Juan, we're probably going to talk again in a couple days, but you guys uh, out there in uh, podcast land, we will see you in two weeks. See you in two weeks, everybody. <laughs>